He did hear us laughing. I'm Donald Wayne, and this is Trice Talk. I'm Dennis Lee. Uh, I got you on the wrong system again there, Dennis Lee. Oh, now I can hear you. I can hear you on this one. (laughs) And he's losing his religion. Oh, Lord. Well, you know. The state of the country is making us lose a lot of things, isn't it? <laughs> must, must be a liberal. It's got to be a liberal. <sighs> well, howdy. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy, howdy. It's uh, Tuesday. It is Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah, it's Tuesday, April the 6th. <laughs> For about another 55 minutes. Yep, I kind of lost track of what day it was here. Uh, funny thing, I, I was... You know, it's, it's gotten a little warm here in Atlanta today, so I was going to, you know, we don't have the air conditioning turned on at the Trice Talk Towers yet, so I had my windows open. I thought, okay, it's quiet neighborhood. It's it's going to be okay. I'll just leave them open, and I'm getting a nice little breeze, and right before I started to, to click on, somebody goes down the road, and I'm thinking, well, that's not going to work, so... And so is HOA rioters again. I know. I think they knew that we were getting started up. Probably, you yeah. know, probably a group gathered outside the studio to They're like, <laughs> look at him. There's Donald Wayne. Go ahead. <laughs> let him loose. See the green lights pointing, pointing up at the little <laughs> circular window. Make sure house. you do three donuts this time in his front yard there, Billy. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, somebody's doing, <laughs> they're not doing donuts, but they're riding something through the yard. Hmm. So anyway, hey I, BP, hey Jess Duck, hey, hey BP, hey, Jess Duck, Crimson, Eric, and we miss Woo. anybody else coming in there. Sasquatch, Sasquatch. <laughs> do that again. Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Okay, that'll well. be the intro for him. It'll be Sasquatch. <laughs> oh my goodness. <sighs> well, so I may start sweating here in a minute, but. Uh... Oh, well, please don't on our account, Donald. Actually, there was an owl hooting in the uh, woods close by earlier, and I thought, oh, that would be kind of neat having that in the background. And Dennis Lee would say, Donald Wayne, what are you doing? (laughs) So, yeah, until he flies in the window um, and causes uh, a ruckus. Have you ever had a bat fly in the house? uh, Um, No, I've, I've had them dive bomb me out in the yard at night. You know, when they're yeah. searching for bugs. Trying to suck your blood? No, searching for bugs? What part of oh. that did you know? <laughs> what, searching for bugs. They, you know, well, they'll, yeah. they'll dive bomb to, to get a gnat the size of a pinhead. 
Well, and and they're blind; they can't see. So, I, well, I, and the, the gnats were probably all focused on your eyes at the time, so that, that came pretty close. <laughs> that's so. true. Yeah, it could hit me, in the eye, couldn't it? <laughs> I, I, I breathed one in this afternoon <laughs> out in the yard. You ever? How is it? How is it that you can't get any other timing in life right, but you can time when this tiny insect is near your nose and you're breathing in, and you Love suck it. that, huh? Love the, love getting a good old gnat in the nostril or oh, in the yeah, throat. Yeah, yeah. yeah then, <laughs> or swallow a couple of them. That's, I yeah. don't know which is worse. It's a gnat party. But, uh, yeah, it's warming up again. Indeed. Uh, Time to let the sweat drip. Uh, I was just reading what Sasquatch said there. Um. See you. Indeed, BP. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> you just can't resist it, can you? Uh, he's he's provoking me, Donald Wayne. You just can't resist it. Um, she's everywhere I go. That that planet follows me. Oh, there's a line. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Everywhere I go. Uh, are you looking at me or? Um, yeah. Are you a, a an astrologer? Mm-hmm. Or um, a proctologist? Um. Yeah, it is getting hotter, Donald Wayne. Yeah. Who would uh, aspire to be a proctologist anyway? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, I think you have to want to have a great desire to fill uh, to help your fellow human being, Donald Wayne. I mean, that's going that's going to be your specialty. I, I'm to sure further, I'm, I know they need they're needed, but further their comfort. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is, Sasquatch. <laughs> it certainly uh, is. But someone has to do it. That's for sure. So, is it any anything? Interesting happened to you today, or? Uh, no, not that I can actually speak of on the air, Donald Wayne. Oh, okay. Well, I don't want some things I don't want to know. I'm at my limit today. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we must lead such boring lives. We hardly ever have any stories to tell about anything. Well, we have some, but I mean, you know, what, what will they really account for anyway? Uh, well, I'm sure somebody yeah. could top it, though, I guess. Really. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, nobody wants to know that I was trying to go to Bremen, Georgia, and encountered all the traffic that could be in Atlanta on a short section of 20 that added an extra hour to my should should have been 45-minute trip. Um, you know, just those kind of little things in life that add to the struggle. So, do you think about taking the uh, U.S. highway? Maybe you might miss some of that. I appreciate that thought, Donald Wayne. It's, uh, <laughs> well, is this late. more scenic? A little late for that. <laughs> I did sure? take that uh, route on the way back. I appreciate the advice. Um, oh, it, but, it, um, it is much yeah. prettier. You know, one thing, of course, there's probably areas in the country that are prettier than others. I have encountered a few um you know, beautiful sights driving on the interstate, but by and large, I find the interstates boring. I just, I, I miss the old U.S. highways where, you know, you had the 
alligator pit stops and you had all these weird billboards on the uh, road and the largest ball of yarn and yeah those and, kinds of things although uh, i never the, did actually see the largest ball of yarn um the biggest you know snake pits anywhere yes uh, <laughs> dairy queens and queens of dairy um <laughs> spread all throughout the countryside stuckies so, stuckies, stuckies was my yeah. favorite texas yeah. just was full of stuckies when i was uh, younger and kip's big boy uh, remember that kips oh yeah mm-hmm. well out here well yeah out here they they were called shonies they didn't the same same little guy in the overalls holding the platter but you, you i remember growing up they were called kips i thought well they were they in texas oh, they okay. were but here they yeah. were called oh shonies uh, yeah they were called yeah. shonies here um so much for that memory lane <laughs> yeah i i, I miss the interstate highways um <laughs> i remember taking a, uh, one of my famous trips with my uncle that couldn't couldn't find his well he had a hard time getting from point a to point b um without making a wrong turn and he he was notorious he got us stuck in st louis one time uh, really, it was a questionable area. There was gunfire and just all kinds of stuff going on. And we're all yelling at him about what did you do? It's almost like that scene from uh, 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 Vacation with Chevy Chase. Um, you remember that one where they, they're trying to get direct oh, back yeah. to the highway? Yeah. yeah, where they just took the wrong turn there. At the yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm not from around here. But it, it was an interest, and he was just flustered and he hated driving across those big bridges so when we got to the mississippi river it's like he was going 15 miles an hour over the bridge because i guess he thought it was going to collapse or something but <laughs> well you know our our infrastructure does need a little bit of improvement right? yeah but it was this was uh you know 50 something years ago they were still fairly new back then <laughs> yeah don't get me started on infrastructure uh that's a topic <laughs> for tonight Oh boy, Joe Biden in his wallet. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I guess pockets are deep. <laughs> yeah, mine aren't. <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> uh, I can feel the bottom of mine, and my knuckles are still sticking out. So, oh my goodness, uh, you might want to see a doctor about that, Donald Wayne. Um, <laughs> I have short pockets. I just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, They're not boy. very deep at all. Oh boy. <laughs> well then. So should we go on to the first thing? I, I think we should. I guess. We've 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 danced around that for long enough. As long as we can. Um and you know, I know that some people are gonna cringe when I say this, but I've gotta talk about another issue with the Georgia voting law. Well, it, oh, it, it, it won't, it stays in the news every day. They're talking about it and it's usually some new factor. Um, but I did hear this afternoon, they decided to move the, uh, the all-star game to Denver. So just duck, you should, uh, you should get your ticket and go out there, but make sure you have an ID Yeah, <laughs> and go see the game. Yeah. I'm sure they will be serving lots of Coca-Cola there. Uh, um, yeah. And, um, who else is, I guess really no 
famous food is involved in that. Um, but, well, Chick Fil A. I showed. I saw a picture of Chick Fil A today. It looked like they were getting taken oh, no. part of it. Yeah. No, 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 no. Well, I don't know that they're not, but surely. Well, I, I saw a picture of them and Home Depot. I was concerned. I haven't been able to investigate it yet, but when they were talking about it, they put a picture up of Chick-fil-A and Home Depot. So it was mm. a little concerning. I may need to look into that. I I would find it hard to believe. Uh, but, you know, since Truett Cathy died several years ago, I'm sure... Right that there's a big push within the organization to adapt, you know, uh, but you'll know they're on the road to ruin if they start staying open on Sunday, because that was, that was the big rule for them that they were not going to, they wanted people to be able to go to church and they wanted people to be able to spend time with their families on Sunday. So I I would hate to see that they sign on to that garbage about the, uh, about the voting law. Anyway, uh, what was I saying? Oh, okay. So anyway, there's an, another another little tidbit about the uh, about the voting brouhaha here in Georgia. Um, let's see, where did my article start here? Now I kind of strayed away from what I was going to say. Um, anyway, there's a, a commentary by Grant Atkinson in the Western Journal the latest corporate name to be aligned with the woke corporations who want to punish Georgia for their election law reform is, you know who it is, Dennis Lee, the latest one. Where's my, are you still there? Dennis Lee? (laughs) I lost Dennis. Well, it is uh, PayPal. PayPal has signed on. Oh, I, I truly did lose Dennis. I don't even see him on the board. Hey, Eric. Good evening, Donald Wayne. Um, what happened to Dennis? Know, I don't <laughs> know unless he got got kicked out of the, the live or something. Oh, yeah, I see. I was asking him a question, but um, anyway, so PayPal is the, the newest company to sign on. PayPal CEO and President Dan Schul. Schulman mm-hmm. signed a joint statement from almost 200 companies that that condemn the laws from any state that they claim make it more difficult to vote. Part of that statement reads, our elections are not improved when lawmakers impose barriers. Let me click Dennis back in here. Impose barriers that result in longer lines at the polls or that reduce access to secure ballot drop boxes. There are hundreds of bills threatening to make voting more difficult in dozens of state nationwide. So that's the other thing they're complaining about because Georgia's not the only one. Um, I know Texas has something in works, but uh, we right. call on elected leaders in every straight state capital and in Congress to work across the aisles and ensure that every eligible American has the freedom to easily cast their ballot and participate fully in our democracy. Um, you know, they, they, again, they talked about longer lines. They mentioned that in their press release, but, uh, um, I'm I'm trying to skip down here. And, and of course we've talked about this, but the counties that experienced longer lines here in Georgia were the biggest counties that are Democrat controlled. So, you know, again, if they have something to complain about longer lines, it's not because Republicans passed this bill. Uh, 
ballot drop boxes they complain about. We didn't even have ballot drop boxes before the 2020 election, but they're keeping them in this uh, new bill they have, but they're just reducing the number. They're not going to let them have as many as they had before. So let's see. I was trying to find the rest of that particular article. It, um, it should be noted also that PayPal, the funny thing is a lot of these, we've talked about this, a lot of companies that are complaining about the voter law and the ID portion of it all require IDs for, for particular things. Uh, PayPal is also one that requires a photo ID in order to access an account through its services. Now, I, I think I've only used PayPal one time and I had to have help with that. So I don't remember if that was a, uh, I don't know if anybody out there uses uh, PayPal. Do you, Eric or Dennis? I do. Do you? I, I don't. <coughs> bless you. Oh, God bless you. <laughs> so you say you did, Eric, or do? I, I do. Um, like I've gotten Appreciation Day money from from that and and whatnot. Um, and and I know eBay commonly uses uses the PayPal service. So do you have to use ID to order to use the service? I mean, do you have to prove who you are to get get your money? I mean, I, I've proven who I am because um, I've transferred money over into my, my bank account. But the first time you used it, did you have to use an ID? I, um, they, they didn't. They didn't request um, my um, I my my driver's license ID or social security number. Hmm. Not that okay. I'm. Not your yeah, aware. Of. Um, well. That, not that I'm aware of, um, you know, and, you know, and I, I just, I just see this be, being like hypocrisy all the way around. Well, I was just curious about that because it states in this article that PayPal requires a photo ID since I don't ever, I've never used it. By my, you know, the mountain police. If you're the police, where are your badges? What is that? Badges. We ain't got no badges. <laughs> we don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking bushes. Sorry, it seems appropriate at the time, but it was the wrong one. I thought we, yeah, I was going to say, well, you know, it's kind of long down the same tunnel, just the wrong turn. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's, it says that they require them. So, but all the companies that uh, are complaining about this, like um, uh, we were talking about, uh, gosh, who was the first one to sign on that a lot of these companies require to have ID to go to um, uh, when they have the board meetings, the yearly board meetings, if you're going to go in to those. Um, but anyway, that's, that's just what it said that PayPal requires ID to use the account. Um, companies have been mandating ID requirements for years. And until you apply it to voting, they have no problems with it. And I think the other night when we were talking, I said that uh, Joe Biden was uh, I was talking about Vermont having stricter uh, voting requirements than Georgia. But I I yeah. think I said Vermont, but it was actually Delaware is where Joe Biden's from. So it's Delaware mm -hmm. that has stricter uh, and nobody corrected me. So I, I guess I got away with it. But it Probably, didn't. But at least you're correct that mistake now. <laughs> at least it didn't sound right when I said it, but uh, I didn't have the proper information. Um, it is a constitutional right to vote, but voting has to be done legally, mm -hmm. which means there always will be requirements because otherwise voting in this country will depend on which side can muster the most illegal votes. That would be something we could all be proud of. 
So anyway, I don't care about PayPal. Uh, the only, some of those on there, I'm not drinking Coke anymore. Um, Home Depot is going to be a hard one to for me to protest against since it's such such a big part of what I do uh, on my other job. But uh, I may find a way around that. So, but yeah, anyway. or um, you know, don't know whether you'll want to fly on Delta Airlines again. The chances of me taking another flight are very slim, but it, it will not be on Delta. I got a feeling some of these people will change their tune if enough conservatives kind of back away from using some of these services i don't know how many would take but you know it's it's crazy that you would try to insult you know what 72 million voters for trump last year is it 72 73 something like that yeah that's a lot of people if everybody would just kind of uh Stop patronizing these people that uh, fight these election laws. So anyway, PayPal's on the on the on the list. Jeez. Yeah, I was looking for you, Dennis Lee, and I said, oh, um, "Yeah, I got booted. I don't know what happened. Um, <laughs> I, I, I didn't do hit it. That, hit the magic button. Um, you know, I, I I got a story about um, you know, and PayPal also too." is a foreign company. They're not even an American-based company. So um, I just don't like PayPal. Uh, I forget what it is, what the one is that's actually here in the United States, but it's not PayPal. <clears throat> um, uh, millions of anxiety-ridden Americans are suffering from re-entry fear, um, as being reported by the Daily Mail by Bevan Hurley. Uh, this was written about three days ago. And, you know, you still see a lot of people who are leery to get back back into society and out of their, um, you know, COVID hibernation. Um, as a, uh, It says as the vac- vaccination program continues to roll out at speed, workplaces are reopening and, you know, sporting events and cultural events are welcoming spectators back, although welcome could be a uh, um, not really the appropriate word there with everything that's been going on. Um, But it says that millions of Americans are secretly dreading a return to being around crowds of people and having having awkward catch-up conversations. I mean, I, for one, I'm I was never a fan of big crowds anyway. What's an awkward um, catch-up you know, uh, conversation? I, I don't know. It's like, well, huh. well, Bill, last time I talked to you, uh, you know, you were contemplating taking the neighbor out down the street. Um, how did that work out? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what exactly an awkward <laughs> conversation means, or that maybe they're going to talk about planets. I don't know. Or, uh, oh, well, that one I can. People, that it. one I can understand. Yeah. Um, it said, uh, according to a recent report from the American Psychological Association, nearly 50% of Americans reported suffering from the phenomenon, phenomenon known as re-entry fear. Um, have you heard of re-entry fear? Now, I thought it was something totally different. <laughs> but, um, so I had to look and do a little more digging into it. But... Um, a small, t- all small task is awkward. Yes, the uh, 
The condition can make even small tasks outside the home, just like a trip to the grocery store or returning to the office feel overwhelming for some people. Um, it says that uh, Nicole Russell became so fearful of living, leaving her Miami home that she retreated to her bedroom for days at a time, unable to interact with others inside the home itself, including her 11-year-old daughter. Uh, as she said it got so bad, she was often up all night, sleeping during the day, checking social media obsessively, cleaning constantly, even scrubbing the floor with a toothbrush. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it definitely sounds like there's a problem. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> that last one that. gets me. Cleaning the floor with a toothbrush. Yeah. I mean, as long as you didn't use it, I guess, again, you know, mm. it is what it is. Um, she said that she wouldn't leave her little corridor for days at a time because she couldn't deal with the pressures of talking to other people. Well, now, sometimes I don't like to talk to other people, but, uh, you know, I still venture out in the world. I mean, but everybody's different. Um, she says she wasn't living and that was for sure. Um, you know, there's some. Psycholo psychologists say fears about leaving home have little to do with reasonable concerns about spreading the virus and sometimes can't be pinpointed or aren't based in reality. I mean, I would think. Um, in some cases, say uh, psychologists say the manifestation is subtle, like someone who begins making repeated excuses to avoid meeting up with friends, uh, even within a safe, socially distant setting, or uh, if they've been vaccinated, it's like, well, you know, guys, I, I don't think I can, you know, come out, uh, you know, just, I guess, keep repeating that over and over. <clears throat> we just thought he was weird, but apparently he's got re-entry fear. So. Um, is that really that, the term? It is. And it's an actual term. Um hmm. The people of most who have the most anxiety orders, <laughs> orders of disorders in this uh, <laughs> practice of Dr. Arthur Bregman, who's a psychiatrist, said uh, they are the worst affected. They, can, uh, they can't even get out, says Bregman, who's been studying the 1918 influenza pandemic psychological impact on the world. Um, said after that lockdown, roughly 40% of the population would be diagnosed with what uh, we now call PTSD back then during the 1918 Spanish flu outbreak. Um, and especially with those people walking around wearing those weird masks, That's something like out of a horror movie. Um, it took 10 years for the people to get out of this back then. He says after, you know, doing his studies. Um, but, uh, There's there's some things that they there's some tips that they give to try and manage this re-entry anxiety effectively. Um, first, practice being in the present moment. Psychologists recommend taking a few minutes a day to pause and practice mindfulness, which is defined as non-judgmental attention to and awareness of the present moment. Mindfulness practice can help reduce anxiety symptoms and enhance emotional well-being. You know, don't you know? Um, 
Recognize what you can control. Many people have experienced a sense of lack of control during the pandemic in many different ways. Recognizing and working on what you can control can be a valuable step in overcoming anxiety. Um, that's right, BP. Um, <laughs> and keeping a journal, even writing for a few minutes a day can help you gain perspective, clarity, and understand your thoughts and emotions better. Um, engage in something fulfilling. Take time to do something you find fulfilling, as long as it doesn't hurt other people. Uh, even if it's only for a few minutes a day, playing a game with your child, listening to your favorite music, or playing a musical instrument, exercising, painting, drawing, or helping an elderly neighbor, it says. Um, do what? I don't know. Just be nice to people. Um, practice gratitude. Uh, Gratitude-based interventions can be helpful for anxiety, particularly in a pandemic. When plans seem to go awry, write down about things uh, one is grateful for. Uh, it's a valuable exercise that can offer a bigger picture perspective. Now, this is one that's probably going to be difficult for a lot of people that you know have seen a spike during the pandemic. Avoid alcohol. Many people find themselves leaning on alcohol to cope with anxiety. It can start with a seemingly benign drink and burgeon into something problematic. Source. Um, so Russell, who described herself as non-functional, took some steps in that direction recently. She forced herself to take a terrifying trip to the grocery store. She saw people laughing and talking, and she was inspired. Opened up a bottle and had a drink with them right in the middle of the grocery store. I'm just kidding. That's not in there. Uh, yeah. She's, she, <laughs> what store she, is that? <laughs> she, she, she started She started therapy along with an antidepressant. It worked, she says, and within a week, things were far better. Now I'm up and moving around, and I want to start catching up with everybody, except for those awkward conversations. More than 100 million people have now been vaccinated with at least one dose of a COVID-19 shot. That means almost a third of American adults now have or will soon have some degree of protection against COVID-19, they say. About 17.5% of Americans are now fully vaccinated against coronavirus, according to the CDC. Um, Major League Baseball welcomed masked and socially distanced fans around the country return to the ballpark for opening day on Thursday. Well, isn't that a contradiction? Um, according to the CDC, there was an average of 62,167 new coronavirus cases reported over the past seven days um, when this article was posted three days ago, an increase of 8.4% from the previous week. Um, and then what the CDC director warned uh, a week ago or so of impending doom as cases began to spike again, so... I don't know. I mean, look, it, we knew it was going to be challenging for people to break free and start to mingle again and feel safe about it. And But we're starting to see people step in that direction. And I know I got my first dose of the shot yesterday. Um, so. well, did you see the article today or, or it's on the news that uh, they're talking about around four that they found another strain um, it's a double strain in San it's Francisco, double... I believe, is the first patient. They, or yeah. and, and, and 
I don't know if they found um, it in a lab, but anyway, they were talking well, uh, about it being in San Francisco. Yeah, apparently he contracted it from a pile of poop that was outside of their house on the streets there in San Francisco. And uh, so Are you ad-libbing that? Yeah, I am. I okay. am because it's a but, dirty, dirty place. But people may um, believe you when you say stuff like that. Well, oh, I heard I it mean, on Christ they, Talk. That, I uh, tell you, Dennis <laughs> Lee COVID said that you can, you can get it from poop now. Well, only in San Francisco, people. Um, she's not in Georgia. Um, we defecate in the bathroom like everybody else. Um, yeah, I saw that it was a double strain that they said that they yep. found. Yeah, they call it like a and the, and the fact that they're linking it, you know, they talk about racism and and you know, that Trump made a big deal about calling it the China virus, but didn't they call this double strain that India double strain? Or something like that. Yeah, it, yeah. It, so it was I mean, to really. a country. Yeah, I mean, but there you go. So well, I mean, we know what, what the rules mean. Oh, the rules mean only George. George angry. <laughs> there are only four Republicans or conservatives. 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 Yeah, hide in your houses. I mean, I I, I swear people will lose their minds. If they try to implement another lockdown, even if they try to implement a soft lockdown, um, it just won't go over very well. Just won't. People are already getting a taste of being out. And I mean, they're flocking out in droves. Um, flocking out. Yeah. Flocking out. <laughs> flocking out, flocking. Well, flocking traffic out, certainly flocking. has increased. <laughs> <laughs> it has. It has. So. Um, yeah. But you know, okay. it wouldn't surprise me if they don't they don't uh, try to push another drastic situation, uh, especially when you get into next year, because we're going to have to have an excuse to, you know, alter the uh, voting rules. Unless they pass that HR one bill, then it won't really matter. They don't have to have any more pandemics or anything. They can just, you know, voting will be over in this country anyway. So. Well, look, BP, they don't care as long as you're paying for it. I mean, I would get a bag of chips and open it up in the middle of the Walmart while I'm shopping. They don't care as long as you're paying for it. You start shoving it in your pants and, uh, you know, that's a different story. They'll tackle you on the spot. Um, (laughs) I mean, allegedly, I wouldn't know that personally. I don't uh, know that it's I don't know that you can drink it in this in a store here, but uh, we have passed the law and I, I. I'm not sure when it goes into effect that you can uh, get beer and, and, and mixed drinks with your takeout orders now from restaurants. Well, and you but, can get, actually, you can get bottles of booze within the Atlanta city limit delivered to your uh, domicile. Well, yeah. Yeah. I remember so, when they passed that. You, uh, you just can't drive around with your takeout order and have that that drink in your in your lap or next to you on the console. It has to be out of reach. Oh, wow. Look. Look, look, Jimmy, uh, you know, I need you to hold this for daddy in the back seat so I can drive us home. Um, and yep, I'll make man. sure to get that cheeseburger out there for you. That margarita will be gone by the time you pull in the don't driveway. You, don't you go drinking that now. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we got Savannah, Georgia, where they can just, you can openly <laughs> drink wherever you go. Um, <laughs> well... <laughs> Oh my! Okay, it's getting lively. It's getting it's getting heated. I'm, it's getting heated. I usually don't. I'm not able to look at the conversations, but every time I do, I what did I miss? Well, 
sometimes things just pop up like that, Donald Wayne. Um, anywho, yeah, that's uh, that's the story about the re-entry fear. So, you see anybody who has having a hard time getting out of a house, just say, look, don't have fear of re-entry. I bet um, John Glenn had fear of re-entry. Well, I've known a couple of friends that I think had it, but it was, I think, something completely different. So, yeah, well, um, they need to make sure they define it. Uh, <laughs> you know. hmm. Okay. Oh, boy. So, you want me to banner number two? Oh, go on ahead, <laughs> Donald Boy. So, uh, this, this p- particular <laughs> jewel <laughs> was suggested. I, what? No, go ahead. I, I saw this the other day and I almost grabbed it up. Oh, I'm surprised. Uh, this particular jewel was uh, suggested by BP. Thank you very much. Uh, I did see a snippet of it on on the news, and and it was funny at the time. But this, but uh, BP sent me the uh, article, emailed it, and um, <laughs> but uh, basically, it's it's an article about now trees are a racist symbol. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an article from a website called rt.com USA. And uh, it's about a high school in Portland, Oregon, that has uh, delayed a change to its mascot after the city's public schools director expressed concern that an evergreen tree could be interpreted as a symbol representing lynching. Just Jeez. before. <laughs> Just before the vote to confirm the tree as the Ida B. Wells Barnett High School's new mascot, Public School Board of Education Director Michelle DePas shared her concern, saying, I'm wondering if there are there was any concern, either the imagery uh, that they're using, if a tree as our mascot is the right thing. I think everyone comes out with blind spots and I think that might, might've been a really blind spot on this issue. She declared, uh, talking about the tree being a blind spot. The pass's concern appeared to be related to the school's name, which comes from Ida Wells Barnett, the black journalist who documented lynchings across the U S and co-founded the national association for the advancement of colored people the NAACP. The school's name was changed from Woodrow Wilson High School after protests following the death of George Floyd in 2020. I'm not really sure why they would boot Woodrow Wilson since he was such a uh, strong uh, Democrat leader back in his time. But anyway, so they, they were changing the name from Woodrow Wilson High. Employees of the school, however, pointed out that the evergreen trees were not historically used for lynching and represent life and community. Committee member Martin Osborne, who is reportedly African-American himself, I don't know what they mean, he's reportedly African-American, but that's what it says, told the POS that uh, they did talk about it, but we're looking at the symbolism more as a tree of life than a tree of death. The choice of the evergreen has nothing to do with the horrible history of lynching in the U S he said, uh, lynching trees typically are not evergreens. He pointed out while 
teacher Ellen Watmore noted that evergreen trees are characterized by the life-giving force of their foliage, the strength of their massive, massive trunk, and the depth of their roots, huh. and, and provide shelter and sustenance. Mm. I never really looked at a tree like that, evergreen that way. But provide sustenance. Uh, sustenance. I guess the acorns yeah. and, well, they wouldn't be acorns, the uh, pine cones and uh, uh, yes. whatever. But I, the po- get, I think you can get nuts out of those too. So. Uh, yeah, if you try real hard. Uh, the Paz, however, <laughs> told the school mascot committee to consult Wells Barnett family on this symbol delaying the change. Uh, of course, this was in the social media as well, and social media users ridiculed the concern, calling it beyond absurd and questioning how a person could even be hanged from an evergreen tree. Uh, yeah, people, the limbs are kind of limp. So. Yeah, and, and Georgia, uh, especially with our loblolly pines, uh, you know, there's <laughs> there's not a lot of strong limbs but people overthink everything nowadays don't they commented one person while another said at what point does it become a mental health issue if even as evergreen if even an evergreen tree is tied to racism the funny thing is i think uh what i saw on on the news program was that there's an evergreen tree on the state flag in oregon if i'm not mistaken and also, there's an evergreen tree on the symbol for the city of Portland. So the fact that these people are <laughs> uh, questioning this evergreen tree. So I don't know. I, I thought it was, when I saw it on, uh, on the news, I thought it was ridiculous. And then when uh, BP suggested that article and I read it, I'm like, these people are actually considering not using the, a symbol of a tree. So... Well, I just don't know where that ends. Does it really, though? Um, what? Oh, does it end? Yeah. Does I don't think really? so. I think it, all it takes <clears throat> is one person to question something and the, <clears throat> but I just, I don't know. I don't that really, comes. I don't know how to comment on that without actually being ugly. So I'm going to move on. Well, you know, until the um, next thing that they say is is racist. <laughs> well, if you um, so I, I, I dug up, uh, no pun intended, a story about uh, from Adam Larson came out a couple of days ago about something interesting that you can do with your body after you pass away. Obviously, you you know the individual couldn't do it; somebody'd have to do it for him. But um, they said gardeners can be very picky about the kind of compost they use. But this year, Washington-based business Recompost has begun making it from a new ingredient, human remains. Intended as an eco-friendly funeral alternative, interested parties should perhaps be forewarned. It takes a couple of months to go from a corpse to compost. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, a but couple le- of months? <laughs> but legally... Composting yourself or a recently departed loved one is by no means the only unusual alternative to traditional burial or cremation. You or someone's remains for which you are legally responsible can now be buried in a suit made of cotton and mushroom spores uh, intended to make a person's body into fungus food. 
Um, the well, process also comforting thought. <laughs> the process also claims to be clean to clean heavy metals from the deceased remains before they seep into the soil. So that's giving the earth a chance not to get your heavy metals that you've what had in your body metal? all these years. I don't know. Whatever people are putting in their bodies. Um, if, uh, if one is a fan of the ocean, there are companies that will take cremated remains and incorporate them into artificial reefs to act as a home for coral and fish. If you'd prefer oh. your earthly remains to stay closer to your loved ones, or they would prefer to keep your remains close, your post-cremation ashes can be made into a diamond and worn as jewelry or transformed into a glass paperweight for a bizarre cubicle talking piece. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> well... Guess what you're getting? <laughs> oh, look what I got for Christmas. Conversely, if you'd rather get away from Earth altogether, uh-huh, you could have your ashes shot into space, where they would then orbit the Earth before disintegrating upon future reentry. Unless you're a fear to that, then you would have to talk to a psychologist about your reentry fear. If you'd like to really get away, your ashes could be shot out of orbit and into deep space. Oh, yes. And maybe land on one of the planets in our solar system. <laughs> and that being, yeah, you know, no. where, the, where no. those could end up, Donald Wayne. Pluto. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was Pluto. Uh, actually that was actually done with the remains of, of one Clyde Tombaugh, who, was, who discovered Pluto, actually. His remains came within 8,000 miles of the dwarf planet. Uh, we call the little people uh, their article, geez, and are currently over four billion miles from Earth. That's a long way to travel. Um, after hearing the many options of what to do with your body after you're done using it, you might have some questions. Well, you think, uh, but the deeper question you might want to ask may be why we care what happens to our dead bodies at all. Um, and part of the issue is that many religions believe what happens to our remains is important. Hindus cremate their dead because they believe their souls will only leave their bodies if forced to leave. Like, get out already. You know, it's time to go. Um, Zoro, Zoroastrians, I have no idea what they are. I've never heard of them before. But if you're a Zoroastrian, they believe that dead bodies are impure and must be disposed of properly. Um Ancient Egyptians believed their bodies needed to be preserved because they were the vessels that contained their spirits. Um, but even people <laughs> who don't hold beliefs about the importance of the physical body in the afterlife still follow funeral customs. Around the world, most people, even those without a belief in the afterlife, would be weirded out by the prospects of the body of a loved one or their own body being unceremoniously tossed into a landfill. Uh, which is strange when you think about it. After all, it's not as if dead people need their bodies for anything. They're dead. Um, clearly, another part of human adherence to funeral rituals across time and cultures has to do with the desire to be remembered after we're gone and the idea that we now express uh, as some version of funerals are for the living. A gravesite can help uh, keep the memory of the deceased, deceased alive for the remaining loved ones 
and give mourners a specific place to commemorate the dead and make them feel closer to the deceased. But if you really think about it, uh, absent our cultural norms, even this is a bit odd because you aren't actually closer to the person who died at the gravesite. You're just closer to the corpse or the ashes. And regardless of your personal belief system, you're probably actually closer, actually consider the intangibles of a person, whether you want to call uh, that their heart or their soul or their mind, the essence of what makes them who they are rather than their physical body. So it goes on and on and on. But, you know, you might, uh, you might not get the chance to save the lives of others while you're alive, but you do have a chance to make a simple decision while you're still with us that can help others live longer after you're gone by donating, you know, some organs or, you know, being, uh, being uh, compost to better grow food for people that uh, will be able to sustain themselves. So, I mean, what's better than to put on a mushroom suit and, be laid down in the ground. I don't know. Yeah. Well, when you first started talking about this, you know, the first <laughs> thing that popped into my head was the scene in Fargo where he was jamming that guy down into the wood chipper. And blood all over him and all over the surrounding area. And, uh, I, Steve well, Buscemi, he was shoving him down into the, uh, well, I mean, you know, funerals can be expensive. So, I mean, if we're just talking about wrapping somebody up in a potato sack and, um, treating them like compost, that's a whole different ball. Yeah, I just, I'm not quite sure that uh, that's, that's a real healthy way to do where, that. Where's but. uncle Joe? Well, you know, he's been back there in the composting pile for about two months now. He should, it's mm. about time to plant those tomatoes. He should be about ready. So Yeah, about that um, time you walk out in the yard and, <laughs> and, and a mockingbird has Uncle Joe's eyeball in his beak. And <laughs> or, that, or that dog Spot next door has got his, oh, you know, his, his, his ankle running around with it. It's, uh, I don't know. I, I, can, I can do without all that in my life. Well, thank you for that uplifting story. Oh, well, anytime. You know, all just all of us now just need... <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I compost. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, these are real good vegetables. Mm -hmm. um, Can't you just taste them? Oh, jeez. Uh, no, the vegetables. I mean, um, well, oh, boy. just can't leave you alone for a minute, can I? <laughs> 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 just, it's in my DNA. I don't know. Got to go to that <clears throat> morbid. Okay. Um, I guess uh, after all that, do you have a uh, this day in history that doesn't well, include uh, being <laughs> turned into compost? Or, you know, made into a giant mushroom. Um, yes, I'm glad you asked, Donald Wayne. There's always a day in history, and this day is no different. Um, on this day... Um, on April 6th, um, back in 1914, two days after the U.S. Senate voted 82 to 6 to declare war against Germany, the U.S. House of Representatives endorses the declaration by a vote of 373 to 50, and America formally enters World War I. Uh, when World War I erupted in 1914, President Woodrow Wilson pledged neutrality 
for the United States, a position that the vast majority of Americans favored. Britain, however, was one of America's closest trading partners, and tension soon arose between the United States and Germany over the latter's attempted quarantine of the British Isles. Several U.S. ships traveling to Britain were damaged or sunk by German mines, and in February 1915, Germany announced unrestricted warfare against all ships, neutral or otherwise, that entered the war zone around Britain. One month later, Germany announced that a German cruiser had sunk the William P. Fry, a private American vessel, and President Wilson was outraged. But the German government apologized and called the attack an unfortunate mistake. But on May 7th, the British-owned Lusitania Ocean Liner was torpedoed without warning just off the coast of Ireland. Of the 1,959 passengers, 1,198 were killed, including 128 Americans. The German government maintained that the Lusitania was carrying munitions, but the U.S. demanded reparations and an end to German attacks on unarmed passenger and merchant ships. In August, Germany pledged to see to the safety of passengers before sinking unarmed vessels, but in November sunk an Italian liner without warning, killing 272 people, including 27 Americans. With these attacks, public opinion in the United States began to turn uh, irrevocably against Germany. And in 1917, Germany, determined to win its war of attrition against the Allies, announced the resumption of unrestricted restricted warfare in war zone waters. Three days later, the United States broke diplomatic relations with Germany, and just hours uh, after that, the American liner Housatonic was sunk by a German U-boat. So on February 22nd, Congress passed a 250 million arms a million dollar arms appropriations bill intended to make the United States ready for war. In late March, Germany sunk four more U.S. merchant ships, and on April 2nd, President Wilson appeared before Congress and called for a declaration of war against Germany. And four days later, his request was granted. So on June 26th, the first 14,000 U.S. infantry troops landed in France to begin training for combat. After four years of bloody stalemate along the Western Front, the entrance of America's well-supplied forces into the conflict marked a major turning point in the war and helped the Allies to victory. When the war finally ended on November 11, 1918, more than two million American soldiers had served on the battlefields of Western Europe, and some 50,000 of them had lost their lives. This day in history on April 6, 1914. I remember the Lusitania, the story about the Lusitania. Mm-hmm. I think it was actually in my one of my world history books. I don't think they do that anymore, do they? I, oh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> no. No, I, I don't even... I'm, I'm going to... Uh, start trying to look at some uh, books that they're using in school after the story I did last night. Mm. And then the story last week about the California school curriculum. So yeah, I don't know that they teach any of that anymore. It's probably considered not that important. I mean, how important is history, you know, that we learn from our mistakes or we learn from Mm. the things we wish to have done differently. 
Right. Not all history is not, you know, rosy and sweet. You know, some of it's dirty and ugly and is meant not to be repeated. And that's, yeah, that's the point. The part that is ugly and you don't want to repeat it. If you don't know about it, you don't know the mistakes that people have made. How do you know what you don't want to do? Right. How do you learn? I guess exactly. by, uh, <laughs> considering evergreen trees racist. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, well, you ready for me to get the boys? Is up Jimmy over Jack here? and John ready? Um, hey, hey, boys, what are you doing over there? Um, or is it Jimmy Crack Corn? Uh, we don't allow that over here, Donald <laughs> Wayne. So let's see what they're doing here. Oh, Obviously, they uh, yeah. they weren't well, planning on doing that tonight. They're a little angry today, I see. Uh, Every day of the <laughs> year. I love, I love, I love my calendar girl. Oh, sweet calendar girl. Well, thank you, boys. Well, they just got something special there, I tell you. Yeah. You know, something I realized, I mean, there's some there's some very important uh, days being recognized in April, and there was some in March as well, but there hadn't been a lot of funny stuff on National Calendar Days. You know, it seemed like the, towards the end of last year, we had we had some uh, some crazy ones, but these these are <clears throat> all that all that weird. So anyway, these, again, keep in mind, these are for, oops, are we past midnight officially? Yeah, we are. So oh, they yeah, are for two today. minutes past midnight. Actually. All right. So we're. Well, it's officially April 7th. Yep. So oh, these oh. are National Calendar Days for Wednesday, April the 7th. Today is National Beer Day. If anybody needs a reason to drink beer, uh, it recognizes the world's most widely consumed alcoholic beverage. Mm. Uh, following water and tea, it is the third most popular drink overall in the world. Third um, most popular. Well, man cannot um, live by water alone. That's true. Uh, I, I would thought I thought wine might be in there before beer, but I guess not. Uh, one of the world's oldest prepared beverages, beer, possibly dates back to uh, 9500 BC when cereal was first farmed. Um, it is also recorded in the written history of ancient Iraq and ancient Egypt. So, uh, evidently they, they like to have some beer as well. Egyptian beer, Iraqi beer. I didn't even, mm. yeah. Anyway. I bet that's kind of high alcohol content. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I didn't, I didn't know that they were allowed to drink in Iraq, but. I don't have any proof of that. So, uh, all right. Allegedly. Today is also National Coffee Cake Day, which uh, really gives us a reason to linger longer over a cup of joe, it says. 
Oh, and, uh, Linga In case you didn't know, <laughs> what Linga? Oh, I thought I, you had me looking at the screen. I thought, oh, uh, Linga Long. All right. Uh, coffee cake does not actually contain any coffee, Dennis Lee, in case you were wondering. Oh, but it's got lots of cake. It's just intended to be uh, consumed while you were, you know, tossing back some coffee Um, in one of your Tristalk coffee mugs. National Girl Me Too Day. T-O-O Day. I'm sorry. National Girl Me Too Day. Oh, okay. It recognizes the strength and endurance of women of all ages and is an opportunity to show support for each other. Wow. Well, uh, thank you for explaining that, Donald Wayne. I yeah, I, I thought you might Davis. misunderstand. I did, and it was highly inappropriate. <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, this um, is probably a popular one. Uh, no, uh, It's National No Housework Day, so you have an excuse. If you don't want to do any housework today... The seventh, you don't have to, and you can just say, "Well, it's National no, no Housework Day, so I'm not allowed to do any housework today." Yeah, we have a Roomba for that, so <laughs> yeah. Well, put does little, it put a little Alice to work? D- does your Roomba do everything for you, Densley? Well, you'd be surprised. Not <laughs> <only>. <laughs> Those little brushes. Uh, it's National <laughs> Bookmobile Day as well. Um, what can you say about that? You load a bunch of books up in a in a big old van and drive around. Uh, it's also national walking day. So, you know, you should get out there and, uh, Oh, you know, get out and I don't, depending on where you are, whether the weather's nice tomorrow or today, but, uh, get out there and get a little exercise. And then the last one is, is, is a, an important one is national child help day of hope. Uh, this this is a day set aside to ask the country to make a lifelong commitment to joining the fight to end child abuse and neglect. Oh, uh, that's a worthy cause, right there. Yes, it's it's a rather lengthy uh, description of that day, but I I picked out a couple of highlights which were were disturbing. But uh, child abuse and neglect affect an estimated seven hundred thousand children each year in the United States. Seven hundred thousand. Was there um, some kind of helpline or something that's tied to that, Donald Wayne? You know, like um, honestly, it it may be, it may have been at the end of it. If you oh, okay. if you just log on to uh, National Calendar Days on the web, you can uh, you can pick up all of these things, and there may be a, a, a yeah, number to contact wanna, there. I'll look and see if we can post something on our Facebook. Okay, in fact, that might be a good thing to just po- post that whole that whole uh, section yeah. there with National Child Help Day. But also in 2015, in the U.S. statistics show, an estimated 1,670 children died as a result of abuse and neglect in this country, which is is, uh, not only sad, but it's outrageous. So it's another one of these things that I could say, hey, people, why aren't we working on some of these issues instead of adding to our problem. So yeah, I've actually, um, I've got the, uh, child national child abuse hotline. I'm posting that on our Facebook okay. site. So, all right. I appreciate it. Okay. That's the last one for, oh, for today. Yeah. Over here. 
There we go. I'm going to go back to that one more, one more minute. I have to say again, it, it, the, the Democrats, the liberals make no sense to me and, and wanting to allow all of these people to come into this country. And we, this is another one of those issues that we haven't solved. We haven't uh, figured out how to, 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 um, rectifying this country along with the homeless problem. So, you know, look at all these things that we we need to be focusing on in this country, but yet, you know, this administration is allowing, how many kids are we up to now uh, that have come into the country unaccompanied? Uh, wasn't it over 200, was it over, over 100,000, I believe, wasn't it, Dennis Lee? Yes. Uh, I wanted to say 130,000 or something like that, but you know, we can't even fix the problems we already have and we're going to take this issue on. So that's all I want to say about that. All right. Now what? Oh, you're up Donald Wayne. <laughs> you want me to go on? I'm still thinking about that other that it, it aggravates me. I could I could I could spend a entire yeah, segment on that. On the, uh, <clears throat> also put on the Facebook page. It's got um, it's got all the different hotline phone numbers on there. And I was there a lot of them on, on it? Uh, uh, yeah, for all different types of needs. Um, so I'm putting that on there too. Okay, you know, that's you great. You never know who's going to need it. Yeah. All right. Well. Let's see, where are we here? All right, the first story for tonight. Oh, let's talk about Joe Biden again. Oh, geez. Well, let me let me go ahead and dial one of these phone numbers, Donald Wayne. <laughs> doing that. I found one here that may work for me. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. So the first story goes, Joe Biden's infrastructure package, Joe's package is not all it's hyped up to be. <laughs> So, exactly. Well, that's probably not the first time he's heard that, I bet you. <laughs> where is Kamala Harris? Has anybody seen Kamala Harris lately? I mean, what are we paying her for? Jeez. Um, uh, oh, my goodness. All right. So in a story on Newsmax.com today by John Gizzi, yeah. uh, who is a chief political columnist and White House correspondent for Newsmax. But anyway, he reports a report for Wall Street clients analyzing the president's infrastructure bill concludes that coupled with accompanying legislation now before Congress, it would cost far more than the $2.25 trillion the administration insists is the price tag of this boondoggle. The bill is about $1 trillion short in itemized funding that I would have expected to see the author of the memo told Newsmax. Uh, this was shortly after White House Pre Press Secretary Jen Psaki. Did I get it right that time, Eric? Or is it? Uh, yes. Oh, is no Psaki. P in it? There's like no P. Her. The P is silent. <laughs> I know. I always, want to put, I always want to put P in it, but 
Yeah. I well, you know, when it comes to her, when it comes to her, I can't help it. So. (laughs) Well, I think also when it comes to her, we'll we'll circle back around to that. Oh yes. Circle back around to the P. I I think. I think uh, we're, we're starting to wear her down. I see some stress in her forehead when she's answering questions, especially from Fox. But um, I, I, I give her, well, I, I give I her really another four or five months with that. But I'm going to leave that alone. Give oh, okay. Me, uh, All right. Yeah, but anyway, Jen Saki replied to our question about a confidential memo on the price of the Biden plan by calling it a secret memo. In other words, we can't talk about it. Well, it's neither secret nor confidential, the author told Newsmax, gently chiding both Saki and I always I'm thinking alcohol uh, Newsmax for our characterizations of his analysis, explaining that it is a proprietary research report for Wall Street institutional investors by a well-regarded research firm. Um. But I have seen, he goes on to say, I have seen estimates that would be a 300 or 400 billion item uh, regarding renewable energy and storage. Uh, So that's something that would have to be added to that uh, $2.25 trillion that is itemized. Uh, The same author pointed out that the EV electric vehicle is mentioned uh, in the Biden proposal, but no funds are specifically <clears throat> allocated for that. There is no money spelled out for the 105 domestic manufacturing, let's see, 105 domestic manufacturing tax credit, whatever that is, something that Brookings Institute estimates at uh, $230 billion. And there's no money listed for infrastructure finance. Uh, build America bonds and private activity bonds, the author added. So um, the same analysis report also pointed out that the House Energy and Commerce Committee last month proposed and unveiled a $100 billion proposal to start the nonprofit Clean Energy and Sustainability Accelerator, a nonprofit organization that would use the proven <coughs> green bank model to fund clean energy well there's money going out the window mm-hmm. um and it says that it would that that nonprofit. Well, you, you know what nonprofit means for anything involved with the government means there'll be some people getting rich at the top but then they'll screw everybody else but right. uh it says that that nonprofit could create up to uh more than four million jobs yeah yeah we'll wait to see that one um Jeez. Let's see. Okay. It's anyway, that's, that's pretty much on that one, but there's another one here, um, but from Huckabee about the same subject It kind of breaks down a couple of other different things. Um, this is in, uh, Mike Huckabee newsletter today that questioned how much of the money allocated for the actual bill, which is tagged at 2.5 trillion is actually going to infrastructure projects. Huckabee wrote this in his article, similar to the COVID relief bill. We know how that that worked. It's estimated that only about 6% of the spending in this bill actually goes to things that are traditionally considered infrastructure, such as repairing roads, highways, and bridges. What does the rest go for? 
If you guessed inflating government power and filling a giant sinkhole with tax money, you wouldn't be far off. Huckabee is referring to an article that appeared in the Western Journal by contributor Cameron Arcand. In this article, Arcand cites a recent analysis from Fox News that determined that less than $750 billion of that money, of that $2.5 trillion, actually goes towards what is typically considered infrastructure. Of the seven, of the, of that seven hundred and fifty billion dollars, one hundred and fifteen billion is slated to modernize roads and bridges that need repair. So, one hundred and fifteen billion out of two point five trillion. Uh, Eighty billion is to expand and conduct maintenance for Amtrak. Well, <laughs> there's there's a winning proposition. How long has the federal government had to prop up Amtrak over the years? Um, although I think Amtrak is a neat idea, but um, it's just, it's never been important in this country because of our love of cars. And then of course, and and competing with um, uh, air travel. Um, by this estimate, only about, Six percent of the American jobs plan truly fulfills its advertised purpose. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy criticized the plan as a waste of taxpayer dollars, not an April Fool's joke. President Biden's so-called infrastructure plan spends less than six percent to repair bridges, highways and roads. So what does the other 94 percent cover? He states that it care for infrastructure. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Care infrastructure. And you say, what is that? Billions for what the elder. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Billions, just a little late. Billions for the elderly and disabled, scientific research and development and expanding broadband internet access. How in the world those two get bundled in the same thing? Um, anyway, what's the key word in that, that sentence? Research. So no telling how much money is going to go to uh, people probably that supported uh, the Democrats uh, that'll do research. And, you know, that can go on for years. Well, you know, they're, they're, they're doing uh, research in all different sectors. Um, doing a lot of planetary research too, Donald Wayne. Um, I don't think there's a dime in here for planetary, planetary <laughs> research, Dennis Lee. So you're not going to segue into that one. <laughs> Um, 174 billion in electric car subsidies in hope to increase EV chargers nationwide and convert a percentage of public transportation to electric. I got to say, I got to stop here just a second. I'm almost at the end, but this electric car thing, I mean, I've seen two ads for electric vehicles, uh, in the past week. One of them was a new electric version of the Hummer. Now, come on. I mean, how many, uh, uh, what do we want to say, people in the um, in the middle well, are going to be able pe- to? Hmm? People are always looking for a way to keep the, you know, to make the Hummer a little quieter. So Okay. Well, it'll be quieter, um, but uh, you know what the, the lowest price range on that Hummer is? What's it's, that? It's somewhere around uh, $70,000. I'm oh, sure that's well, going to be a real popular car. And then if you want to get the deluxe model, um, oh, why not? That has two batteries. Uh, it, it goes for a mere $120,000. Well, 
Oh, well, just throw that in there. I mean, it's so, big enough to live in. You know, I can see I can see people giving up their uh, Toyotas to, to get a, uh, an electric Hummer. And then I saw another one today. I believe it was a, a Lexus uh, decked out, kind of kind of looked like maybe he was trying to keep up with Tesla. And I, I think the price tag on that thing was like forty five to fifty thousand dollars for that. So I, I don't I don't see them uh, coming out with a lot of uh, mid range cars for people. You know they're going to give up their you know their little uh, eighteen nineteen thousand dollar cars and they're going to get one of these forty thousand uh, dollar electric cars. Anyway, um, and also I, I know also in the same ad for the Hummer, it was bragging that you can recharge up to 30% of um, its power uh, on the battery, uh, I think up to 30%, and it takes it about 10 minutes. So, oh, wow. so here's, here's my thing about the electric vehicle, and they're going to try, Joe Biden wants to install all these electric charging places across the country and on basically on interstate highways and so forth. Um, if it takes now, of course that was on the Hummer. It may be slow. It may be faster on some smaller cars, but if it takes uh, 10 minutes to get 30% of your battery charged, how long you got to be there to get a full charge on a battery? I mean, you're going to have service stations with people lined up with electric cars and and you're going to have to plan every time you stop to basically recharge, you're going to have to look at, uh, spending a little bit of time there. So maybe it might be a good idea to invest in some of these, uh, service stations, Dennis Lee, where, you know, put, put restaurants in there. Cause people are certainly going to be spending some time there. Oh yeah. I don't doubt it. Um, so, well, you know, this is, this is kind of tied to your, to your story there. Um, I got two more things. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I just—I'm sorry. sorry. I had, I had to—I had to bitch about that electric car thing again. Uh, but they says the article says the biggest winners of all are unions. Four hundred billion dollars will go towards union jobs, according to this bill. Um, and critics are skeptical that this this will go for anything that has to do with green energy jobs. Mm. So $400 billion is earmarked for union jobs in this country. So, hey, they don't have to worry about it. They just print it. Yeah, I mean, we can make more of it. I mean, it's only only money. Um, Nobody said it had to be worth anything. No. It's kind of like when people ask, oh, you want a check? Lord, (laughs) I thought you wanted real money, huh? No no worries. Let me get one of those out of the box here. I'll write one up for you. I got a roll of pennies for you. Yeah. Yeah. Did you you hear about the the story about the 91,000 greasy pennies that a former employer dumped in this guy's driveway? Dumped it in a driveway? Yeah. Dumped it in his driveway. How did they get greasy? Uh, well, they were they were lubricated with something. They don't quite know what it was, but uh, they called them greasy. I tend to call it something else, but yeah, uh, yeah. They, they, he pissed the employer off, and the employer said, "Well, here you go. I paid you. Now roll them up, buddy." And the guy did. He rolled up the ninety one thousand pennies and took it to the bank. 
Uh-huh. I mean, banks don't even like to take those those they, things anymore. They they took them. I mean, they're supposed to by law, but uh, he did that, or did he? Did he did that, or go to one of those uh, those coin machines at the store? I don't remember what the story was. Well, how long would you stay there with that? Oh, uh, you'd have to <laughs> be there for days. Yeah, um, they have one up oh. the Kroger. Didn't you not go up there one time and do that with yeah, change? I've used it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'll kick out old buttons and you know uh, all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah, Starcoin took it. You know. Except they probably kicked back the grease. They weren't going to buff all the pennies for them. So, weren't um, we using that for our Nashville trip or something? Wasn't that what that was for? Uh, it seemed like it was yeah. for a trip. I, I believe it was. Um, we didn't get too <laughs> well, far. Well, I say, it, but, you know, uh, I mean, you know, a road trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but no, this this story here ties into what you were just talking about, and um, it's an, an article by Market Watch by Andrew Keshner. Uh, talking about America's embracing for higher taxes under Joe Biden. Well, you think um, yeah. the money people put in retirement savings accounts will be taxed at some point in the process, whether it's when they first put it in or when they take it out. Um, now data suggests more people don't want to take the chance. They'll have to pay higher taxes on that money in the future because with president Joe Biden unveiling details, um, this past uh, Wednesday, um, you know, last week, uh, on a, on a, uh, or I guess it's coming up this Wednesday. I guess it's coming up tomorrow on a two point three trillion dollar infrastructure spending plan that you were just talking about, powered by corporate tax hikes. Information from Fidelity Investments could be an indication of what some individual taxpayers think the president has in store for them. The old the old shtuken, um income tax rates have no place to go but up, said Michael Gessner of Gessner Wealth Strategies in Houston, Texas. President Donald Trump's tax overhaul dropped both individual and corporate tax rates, and Biden's has said he wants to tax both companies and America's highest-earning individuals more. Why not? Give them the... Uh, Getting the old high one there, uh, Biden. Some evidence that taxpayers are bracing for higher tax rates. More are converting their retirement accounts to Roth IRAs, according to Fidelity. To understand the tax rate wager that's happening, it's important to remember that the difference between a traditional individual retirement account, an IRA, and a Roth IRA. A traditional IRA is funded with pre-tax money that gets taxed at withdrawal. The money in a Roth IRA is taxed first and then goes out tax-free. Account holders can switch from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA in a conversion process, paying the taxes that uh, up to that point have not been paid. Um, Saving up in a Roth account makes sense when people expect they'll be in the same tax bracket or a higher one when retiring, according to MarketWatch tax columnist Bill Bischoff. Um, here's where the statistics might be a sign of the times, though. In 2019, there were 22% more conversions to Roth IRAs than in 2018, according to a Fidelity spokesman. In 2020, there was 67% more conversion to Roth IRAs than in 2019, the spokesman said. The Fidelity data did not include the actual number of conversions, but the 401k platform, brokerage, and retirement planning firm had 
10.9 million IRAs by the end of 2020. Um, and, you know, and uh, just a sidebar, you had a lot of individuals that because of the COVID laws last year, totally dipped into their 401k accounts um, to, to actually survive. Um, yeah. And so it goes on to say the numbers are silent on the motivations of the people making the switch, but financial planning experts say they have been increasingly relying on the Roth IRA conversions as one way to anticipate potentially higher individual income taxes under the Biden administration. The Biden plan unveiled Wednesday would, among other things, increase the corporate income tax rate to 28% from 21%. That's a partial reversal of Trump's lowering of the corporate tax rate from 35% to 21%. I mean, why would we want to, um, you know, give uh, corporations a reason to, you know, to in- increase the employment uh, um uh, you know, force uh, the, the job force here in the United States. I don't, I don't know. Um, a second spending proposal intended to supply paid leave and more aid to low income households could call for a higher income tax rates for top earners, according to the New York Times. Biden has previously said he won't raise taxes on people who makes less than $400,000 a year. And he reiterated that point on Wednesday. Republican Mitch McConnell, the Senate minority leader, said he's for infrastructure investment, but not a massive effort to raise taxes on businesses and individuals. Well, if you're going to make such an investment, um, where do you think that money is going to come from? You know, so Gesner, the CEO of boutique financial planning firm serving 35 families with 30 million in assets under management estimated she handled Roth IRA conversions for 20% of her clients last year. And those account balances ranged from $50,000 to $150,000, she said. Lower tax rates from the Trump administration's 2017 tax code overhaul were due to expire at the end of 2025. And all the government spending to address the pandemic has intensified the need to fill its tax coffers, Gesner said. So when people switch money over from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA, it's mostly about taxes, but there's also an estate planning aspect to it as well. That's because a person inheriting a Roth IRA can tap those funds tax-free. She says, I think it's about, uh, hey, I don't want to stick my child with a giant tax bill, she said. A Roth IRA conversion is not the right move for everyone. Uh, For one thing, the household needs the cash on hand to pay the taxes that come with the conversion. Um, And Larry Harris, Director of Tax Services at Parsec Financial Wealth Management in Nashville, North Carolina, said the fidelity data on 2020 conversion sounds in line with his firm's flurry of conversions last year. The firm had $3.4 billion in assets under management by the end of 2020. Um, said two factors could be play uh, at play with the rise. First off, he noted lawmakers last year waived the required minimum distribution, which a person needs to withdraw annually after they've reached a certain age, um, 70 and a half to 72, depending on certain scenarios. The waiver freed up money to shift into Roth IRAs, he said. 
Then there was the anticipation for higher taxes on the way. Regardless of who became president, Harris noted the country would have a large bill to pay after the pandemic-related relief and expiring 2017 tax brackets. Sooner or later, there's that uh, reality that sets in, Harris said. The thought that tax rates will go up, that's a reality that's really a driver for doing a conversion, Harris said. But later added, there's also benevolent thinking as well by paying the tax tab now. If you can pass along an asset to your heirs, they they will not pay tax on it when they use it. It's tremendous. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, everything that the, that the Trump administration had done to decrease taxes and um, help to support a growing economy, um, just all of a sudden just getting slowly undone by the Biden administration. So I thought it was, you know, Odd that, that that tied into what you had there, Donald Wayne. But well, he's got to pay for. The, I mean, the, the Democrats have to pay for all that. But I I believe uh, Biden is also for uh, reinstituting the death death tax. Have you heard oh, that? Yeah. I, I I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, look, especially with this um, infrastructure plan. I mean, where do we think this money is going to come from? I mean, he taxed you all your life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all your working life. You pay taxes pretty much. And look, there, there's some, there's some, I'm sure there's some cities, some states around the country that need an infrastructure overhaul, but it shouldn't be federally uh, mandated. Should it not be that, you know, the, the state that needs it can apply for those funds. And if they need it, you know, they can be figured out for that state. You're just going to do a national uh, a national plan for infrastructure. Um, it's, uh, like have, it's like we we don't have any say so. They even you know well, you have board meetings with with big corporations that you're you're part of and you, you're invested in with your with your stock and they vote on different things that have to be done. Um, we don't get a say so in anything. We're supposed to by the people that we elect to speak for us, but they're not doing a very good job. Haven't been for a long time. Well, I, I would go out on a limb, Dennis Lee, and say that um, all this money that this border situation is costing us right now, um, everything they're having to spend to take care of all the people that are coming into the country and 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 cart them around the country into these large arenas and the eighty-three million dollars they're going to spend on hotels. Uh, we might be able to fix a few roads and bridges with some of that money. Exactly. But again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. You know, we never fix a problem before we allow another problem to come up. And uh, so then we, you know, we're going to spend ourselves into oblivion. Um, Well, that's okay. The the Chinese are will be there to take care of us, Donald Wayne. Well, yeah, if don't, it, don't worry about it. Exactly, if, dude. NWO. I, I got news yeah. for the Chinese. Uh, if they want to try to come in here and take over, we still have guns in this country. And just mm-hmm. come on down to the south if you want to see how people uh, uh, resist you taking things away from them. <laughs> it, it, it would well, almost sound like you're <laughs> suggesting they will soon learn the true meaning of indentured servants. <laughs> 
uh, yeah. I, you know, I, it wouldn't happen that way. It's not like, what was that movie years ago about a Russian invasion of the United States? Um, um, uh, 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 yeah. Um, with Patrick Swayze, uh, Red Dawn. So. Yeah, Red, Red Dawn. Dawn yeah. yeah, it's yeah, not going to be one of those things. Yeah, it's not going to happen. They're, oh, yeah. they're buying up real estate. Um, yeah, that just it's, it's it. happening from within the country already. They've been at war with us for a long time. They've just never, you know, nobody's ever come out and said it. It's not a direct, direct kind of war like your traditional boots on the ground. It's kind of right. been more like a proxy war for decades. Exactly. Uh, we also had that uh, TV but show, but they're not on. the only one guilty of it. Uh, no, not. it was a couple of years ago. I think it lasted two or three seasons where it was a scenario. If the Nazis had won the war oh, and, yeah, and they took the over the, the, high, the United the States man in the high tower. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. of course I think all except, uh, I think maybe it was from Colorado to the East. It was Germany. And then from Colorado to California coast, it was, uh, Japan. I think that's how it went. I watched it a, a season, but um, I, I didn't finish it out. Mm. No, but, you know, just like the education thing that I've been talking about on the mini pods, they've been working on this infiltration for years. And while we're busy fighting about, you know, uh, having a tree on a flag or whether we should have this monument in a park, uh, all these things, these these things that we're arguing about, uh, these people are working seriously behind our backs. Yeah. Well, in some cases, they're not behind our back. They're right out in the open doing things they, to to take over. Yeah, they want us. They, they you know, they would in, individuals like that would encourage that. They would encourage the rioting. They're like, you know, they don't look at it in disgust. They look at it like, okay, well. Well, yeah, that's great. We're not having to fire a single shot. They're going to tear each other up from within. You know, right. The more unrest, clean up. the more unrest, the more civil disobedience, the more that we hate each other, it makes it easier for them to go in. I mean, what they're doing in our schools and what they've been doing, they started out with the universities more or less and indoctrinated a lot of, uh, you know, uh, soon to be teachers and professors and so forth. And, and now they're working on our, our second graders yeah. and third graders uh, all the way through high school. There these curriculums that they're trying to establish in a lot of these schools is nothing but teaching these kids that the United States is, is a bad country and needs to be fundamentally changed. And um, it's, it's scary. And 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 we're still fighting over the names of schools, and and letting thousands of people uh, into our country, and uh, that are going to have to be taken care of in some some form or another for a long time. I, I I'd scratch my head and say I can't believe all this is happening. And then look what we're talking about. Uh, I mean, I'm talking about Washington. So. It's a concern. It's a mess. It's it's. I almost said it's a keeper. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, if you've got kids in school, I urge you to please. Or if you've got nieces and nephews, you know, I would encourage you to see if you can find out what they're teaching them in school. It's it's 
if you're living in one of those places that uh, they've instituted some of this curriculum, uh, especially this race, critical race theory stuff, uh, they're working against us, folks. They're, they're trying to teach our kids in these schools that are affected by that curriculum that they don't need family units anymore. The government is the family unit. <laughs> Mom and dad have no place except to feed you and clothe you and everything else is well yeah i mean you know you heard him talking about there's a lot of those um, senators said that they wanted to can they wanted to have continual payments to american citizens for the remainder of this year oh yeah so what better way to to get socialism implemented in a country than to break down um you know free enterprise and Get the uh, get the individuals who sold on the idea that you have to depend on the government, and there's no other way. And by the way, we're going to give you checks. We're going to we're going to do this. We're going to do that, and you know, just stay at home. Well, yeah. What bigger, better way to encourage people to support you than to give them as much as you can give them, you know, and, and you can make a case that there are a lot of people that needed the help or still yeah, need it, the help, but it's, you know, if you give to the point to where, uh, there's nothing left in the bank, I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. And, and then they want to pile on all this other stuff as well. It's, you know, we're going to bail out, you know, state governments and city governments, and I just, there's no end to it. Now, big government and big corporations, you know, not all of them, but, um, you know, there's, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot behind the curtain that, um, is going on that I'm sure people, if they really looked into it, they would be mad as hell and they wouldn't take it anymore. Well, that's, I think that's one of the things that the points is that we try to make sometimes is that, you know, we need to pay attention. We need to pull that curtain back. Right. And it's not that probably everything that we talk about, I mean, it is to some degree, it's an opinion or it's stuff that we read. And, you know, like anybody else, you need to take it for what it's worth and, and do your own investigation into it, if you will. But, uh, we just need to pay more attention because I'm, I'm really getting depressed and reading some of these things and, and what's going on and nobody seems to be stopping it. And we, we allow our government to pass these bills. That's going to take care of special interest groups and these union jobs and, and, and the teachers unions. I'm like, Oh my gosh, how much money have they already given the teachers unions in this country? And yet, a lot of them, you still can't get them to go back to work. It's not enough. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just so much needs to be fixed. And I, I just, you know, where do you start? Oh, well, I guess you start. By... Sent... Hmm. Yes. What? No, BP, BP said he sent you the penny story that I was talking about. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. I was going to actually use that. I, 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 just hadn't pulled it up yet. Well, I saw that you'd sent two BP, but I could only use one tonight. So if that was the other one, uh, I, I had not gotten to it yet. But um, I was thinking I might need something tomorrow night since Dennis Lee's not going to be here for a couple well, of days. I got I it right understand. this time, right? 
unless you change yes. your plans. Okay. No, no. So I'm gonna need. <laughs> I'll be out till Sunday. I'll be out till Sunday. I, I'll need a bunch of stories. Um, oh, yeah. I'm hoping. I had, uh, to, hmm? I had to put a plug in the hole, and uh, we'll be on Tristock until until Sunday. So I had to put a put a plug in the hole. Uh, on tall tales. Oh, okay. I'm <laughs> you, you lost me. <laughs> Riddle me this. Uh, go, go ahead and mute. Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't following you at, at uh, all, boy. to say the least. All right. Well, yeah. So, and tomorrow's wacky Wednesday, so I'll try to have uh, uh, at least a few th- uplifting things. Boy, that'll be a search. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if, if we can have Ellie J um, come to Wacky Wednesday, may- maybe she might be a little bit perked up for that, and it, and not be too heavy politically. Yeah, I, uh, I actually hey forsaken. Thanks for sharing I, the show. I sent her a, a email to uh, just. Tell her, you know, if she's uh, got nothing better to do at 11 o'clock at night. Well, actually, it's uh-huh. 10 o'clock there in Texas. So, hey, yeah, what could be better, we'll see. You know, at 10 o'clock than, than well, hanging out with Tristalk. <laughs> and well, well she, she'd have, of course, D- Donald Wayne and, and Crimson like keeping her company and and yeah. me, of course. Yeah. And uh, Eric. well, we tend to get pretty wacky, Jess, though. She's. We may be toned down, you know, with me out of the picture, and I won't be able to bring up any planets <laughs> or, you know, anything that. Uh, yeah, that's probably what I should do come, is, is come up say, out of the ordinary. Say we won't be talking about uh, Dennis Lee's planet yeah. unless that's BP right. tries to egg it on tomorrow night. Well, but, you know, uh, he does. He is a provoker. He is. I th- I think he's uh, amateur astronomer. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, all right. I hope boy. you got a good telescope, BP, up there in, Whoa, in your neck goodness. of the woods. I mean, really. All right. Well, well I guess are we done, Dennis Lee? Are we ready I, for I Eric? I think we are. I think we're ready. All right, Eric. Well, um, th- thank you to Rock and Al. Thank you to um, Luiso. Thank you to Pink Squirrel. Thank you to Sasquatch. Thank you to Sea Rock and to. To, to the dude Sean, to Cummings's culture, and and Crimson, and BP forty nine, Jess Duck, and and a host of other friends. Um, don't know if I'm in, if I forgot anybody else. Um, we we appreciate the the live listeners coming in as always, and and keeping us company, and you know, and, and the great shows coming up on Podbean Live um, at um, ten a.m. Eastern time. You're waking up, of course, with the chit chat with the old man with with our good friends, the old man, Dina, Joe, and me, um, for a lighthearted coffee talk, folksy conversation as usual. Um, and on the Podbean daytime schedule, you, you've got Milk Dog doing impromptu shows multiple times a day like he normally does. Um, 3 p.m. Eastern time, you've got um, Frankie D's Crib. Um, 7 p.m. Eastern time, you have Cum- Cummings' Culture. And this Wednesday, Cum- Cummings is you know, doing an interview with um, presidential photographer Gene Ho. Um, you know that that should be a really good show, 7 p.m. Eastern time. So you know, that that's an interview you definitely want to be there for. Um, 9:30 p.m. Eastern time. Um, since a slightly serious show, you know, if m- might be 
be on a delay due to James working overtime at his day job. You might see him going live Wednesday and Thursday night at 12.30 a.m. Eastern time instead of his normal 9.30 p.m. Eastern time slot. Um, and ho- hopefully Chris will be will be back to, tomorrow night with um, you know the Forgotten Tunes mu- music show, and ho- hopefully he's got more people tuning in for that. Um, and then, of course, a, a little bit later in the week, um, you'll, you'll have Chris Unplugged with Two Peas in a Podcast, as well as David doing his Mysteries of the Paranormal. And by the weekend, you'll have Lyrical Laxatives, the Turfy Show, the, the It's Doomsday Podcast, and, and maybe even Captain Jimmy's um, Pirate Radio Podcast. And then the old man is also doing his Friday Night Music Show and and also be on the lookout for, for Lara and Pink. Pink Squirrel to do their new new collaboration podcast. Did you say something? As well as Laura and Lou doing the communication station and accidental chaos, and and Pink Squirrel doing her standalone Hoops podcast. Is this anyway? And and then and then hopefully ne- next week, um, you know, we'll be si- seeing John DeVito back with some new episodes. And next Monday, Cummings is Culture will have a a big interview with get this Juanita Broderick. Um, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Monday, and then then Monday evening at um, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, it's a slightly serious show with presenting an evening with the Free Think Institute. We will be joined by Ray Bell, Jim Dwyer, Dustin Freeland, Peter Hartados, Arch Kennedy, and, and Dave Largo, among others, which hopefully that should be a great show. And, and, and hopefully Ralph William is going to come back on a more regular scheduled basis with new, new shows as well. And, you know, just many great podcast friends to support. And you've got Dennis Lee. He's going to tell you now how you can get in touch with Tristock and Tall Tales, as well as where you can find previously published shows and, and the live cast schedule. Well, thank you, Eric. We greatly appreciate that, sir. Um, so if you would, uh, you know, like to wrap your arms around us. Let's do that on Twitter. We're still trying to social distance. So um, do it at Trice Talk WG Moon on Twitter. And if you like to email us and let us know, you know, how we're doing, what we're doing, or when we should do it, do that at Trice Talk 69 PTS at gmail.com. Um, follow us on Facebook at Trice Talk, if you will. We post a lot of the articles that we use there. And, um, you know, all the, all the shows, all the episodes are posted on there as well. And you can, uh, also get us on Spotify at Trice Talk and Amazon Music at Trice Talk. And we are on every Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 11 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone with mini pods in between. And Donald Wayne has been tearing the mini pod scene up, um, doing one just about every night that we're not on uh, our regular schedule with Trice Talk, right, Donald Wayne? Yeah, and I'm, I'm running out of those energy yeah. drinks. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. I you, need you know, to resupply. You need to get some sleep there. So, uh, uh, sleep is so overrated. Um, oh, at, well, at my yeah. age, it's overrated. Uh, Let me put it that way. Uh, well, I'm finding that out tonight. <laughs> um you know, and then if you want to get weird, uh, you know, the Tall Tales and Rabbit Hole is um, um, on on vacation until uh, next Sunday. But 
um, you know, you can come over there and get explicit if you want. Just no sickos. Um, you know, we'll have to ban you for life. But um, Tall Tales is on every Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern before Tristalk. And, um, you know, look, we uh, we love you. We appreciate you. Um, we enjoy what we're doing, and we couldn't do it without you. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, thanks for everybody that spent time with us tonight. Uh, we appreciate you mm-hmm. being here with us and uh, <laughs> tolerating some of our humor and and just our outlook on the thing, uh, the the state of things today. Um, I was just looking at this next song. Uh, the closing thought for tonight is fairly simple. Again, I try to make these simple. They actually have some very long closing thoughts, uh, almost like a chapter in a book, but this one is simple and, uh, doesn't have an author. So it says six ethics of life before you pray, believe before you speak listen before you spend earn before you write think before you quit try and before you die live i kind of like that i like that i just i wished uh, we had an idea who is by but that's pretty good words of wisdom to live by all right. Uh, let me see. I guess oh, Sam Smith's going to take us out of here tonight. Dennis Lee, if you want to grab the lights. Ah, the party's over, Donald Wayne. Good night, Eric. Good night, Donald Wayne. Good night, Dennis Good Lee. Night, Good night, Eric. Good night, everybody. God bless you all. Stay safe, everybody. Who said?